Good morning, everyone. So good to see you. I'd like to make one other announcement, which is that for those of you who are at the Urban Center, uh, one of our dear friends, Hondo Dave Rutschman, is there. He was out here. He come. He's been commuting out here while I've been out here on the land taking care of the yoga retreat. I'm the resident on site out here at the land. Something Royce has done and Mark has done. We're hosting a, a group of 20 yoga practitioners and they're having a wonderful time. And Hondo has been coming out here to help me take care of them in a very gentle way, which includes using a crowbar to take off the top of the dryer so we could replace the switch. Very gentle. <laughs> very big. <laughs> Big crowbar. <laughs> it's just wonderful to be out here. It's wonderful to see you all together. So I feel like I'm with you also. But there's something very special about being out here on the land and feeling cared for. It's pouring down rain right now. It's very loud. And I hope, I think the electricity is very reliable, but if it suddenly goes dark, that's why. And uh, can you give me an indication of whether things are, the sound is coming through okay? Pretty good. Oh, I'm so glad. So out here on the land, I am feeling partly uh, the feeling of immersion. Every day except Sunday, for some reason, we, we take refuge. And the refuge verse is very beautiful. Um, I take refuge in Buddha before all beings, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. And then we say, I take refuge in Dharma, entering deeply the merciful ocean of Buddha's way. Then we say, I take refuge in Sangha, bringing harmony to everyone free from hindrance. And that's kind of a, an organizing structure, system, what I want to talk a little bit about today. Because I've been also spending quite a bit of time with other cultures, especially Japanese culture, in Japan and also with my Japanese staff in, in San Francisco. We meet on Zoom, by phone, in person. People from different cultures are used to working together in different ways and understanding how we have been, each of us individually and each of us in Western culture, those of us who are really based in Western culture, understanding how we organize ourselves to get together and how we understand our own emotions is actually kind of useful. It's helpful to know how we were trained. It's a way of understanding our, our own emotional maps. I've been reading um, Rebecca Solnit, who's a very important climate activist and, and Buddhist writer, and she uses that term uh, to understand our maps and to understand that our maps some of our maps about understanding the climate crisis are out of date. So updating our maps. And she, um, again, I've talked about her before, and of course she writes a lot, but she wants us to 
not succumb to despair. And this is connected a little bit to how Westerners organize their feelings and how something we can learn from how Japanese culture, people really immersed in Japanese culture, organize their feelings. So to, to succumb to her, to despair about the climate crisis is very isolating. But she writes about how much progress there has been and how encouraging it is when we look at it. So that requires a lot of study. This, this decade is the decade of the oceans, and there's been a lot of work at the level of the internationally to study and take care of the oceans. One thing, one point that Rebecca Solnit makes is that there's actually now widespread understanding of the climate crisis, widespread knowledge that there is one. So one point of despair is to think not everybody knows about it. So we don't have to put our energy into that. Most people do now know that there is a climate crisis, but what we don't know necessarily, most of us, many of us, me, how much uh, progress there's been made in in small, in in uh, different areas. So she lists a lot of those things, and it's very good. Um, for instance, Texas gets a huge percentage. We get a huge percentage of our energy from renewables rather than from fossil fuels. It's so interesting. She has a lot to say about the fossil fuel industry, and I don't want to spend too much time on that. Okay, Naomi is correcting us on the, on the chat, 15%. That's a lot in Texas. She also quotes this uh, writer named Octavia Butler, who is, uh, she's, she's passed away now. She's an African-American writer who's written a number of um, science fiction series, and I've read a few of them. She's a really good writer. She, she uh, describes having someone come up, a young person, young man, come up to her at a conference and say, um, uh, what's the answer? And she answered, there is no answer. And he said, well, what are we supposed to do? And he, she said, there's not one answer. There are many answers. Go and find the answer which is kind of like a koan. There isn't an answer. There are many answers. And each of us gets to work to find that. So here's the rub, because in Western culture, most of us are trained from a very early age to lean into individual personal responsibility. I have to solve this problem. Sort of like the movies that have superheroes or heroic um, pilots and things like that, there's going to be one hero who solves the problem. But in Japanese culture, it's not organized that way. We're organized, they're organized to care for the group. One way to describe this difference is where you think the source of your feeling, where we think the source of our feelings are. In Western culture, we're trained pretty, pretty rigorously from a pretty early age to think that our feelings are inside and we need to sort of be calm and find our feelings and then express them. As uh, this writer says, 
to express a feeling is to take a stance in a relationship. So to express the feeling is to take a stance and often of power. So in Western culture, we're allowed to, so these, these are all just thoughts for you to think. I'm not saying this is exactly how it works or this is exactly how you work, but it's useful to help us refresh our maps about how we think things happen. So she says, to express emotion is to take a stance in a relationship. And in Western culture, if we're in a situation of power, we are allowed to express anger. In fact, we're kind of encouraged to express heated feelings to uh, make it clear what we're feeling. This isn't the case in Japanese culture. And in a lot of cultures that she studies where um, anger isn't valued, it isn't seen as the kind of most useful emotion, it's seen as a harmful emotion. Um, so in Japanese culture, the source of the feelings is in the group, immersing body and mind deeply in the way, awakening true mind. That we share, the awakening of the true mind, the, the desire to awaken the true mind, pretty shared. But in Japanese culture, or this kind of group-oriented culture, many cultures besides just Japan, the, feel, the importance is the group feeling. And how does the group feel? And to align oneself with that in a harmonious way. So that third refuge, I take refuge in Sangha, bringing harmony to everyone, free from hindrance. So descriptions of how very little Japanese people are trained, and I've seen this in action, trained to, be, to develop empathy, to have a sense of how people around them are feeling, their friends in preschool, their toddler friends, their friends in groups like this, to have really strong empathy. And I've noticed this before, long before I understood what was happening, that Japanese people have a sense of my feelings before I even know what I'm feeling. Because empathy is a skill set, skill developed as soon as they start to toddle around. And so Japanese mothers are often seen as very indulgent because empathy is something you have to develop um, in practice. So little Japanese toddlers are working out little um, sharing conflicts with each other and the mothers are watching, but not necessarily interrupting because they, they want the little children to develop a sense of how their playmate feels in this interaction. So for Western trained people, this, I'm, uh, this can sound extremely inauthentic because West, in Western training, the feelings are in here. And if I'm looking outside to see how the group feels, I'm being inauthentic to my true self. So the awakening of the true mind, awakening true mind is a way for me, I think, to say there's something even behind that training, behind the training of my feelings are inside. There's something behind the training of I have to align myself with the group. 
there's something behind that. There's just mind. And then as we're exploring it, we can um, have memories of how we were trained. Excuse me, there's noise happening. We're going to have memories of how we received the training, how we were supposed to express ourselves. We can have uh, maybe like no clue about how to respond to a situation when we've dropped our training and no, like, no map to go ahead into a relationship and then watch our training come up in the relationship. I'm out here on the land and watching these wonderful people who've been here. This particular group has been here, uh, been coming here for 12 years. They really know their way around and they've been solving problems for themselves based on their previous understanding. And I have to confess, some of it is going against my map of how they should be behaving out here. <laughs> so I'm watching my own understanding of the land and watching my own understanding of what Zen behavior would be compared to what yoga behavior would be. And going back to some, hopefully, occasionally going back to just, we're all on this land together. What is it to be together on this land? And to go into a room full of people I haven't met before and get a feeling for the group, feel my responsibility for the feeling of the group. In fact, I love that about Zen practice, being allowed to um, set aside what we've brought into a group and feel, feel our responsibility for the feelings of the group. So we're used to responsibility, all of us, but there's a tiny leaning toward thinking in, and I, I will share something about myself. There's a tiny leaning toward thinking it's my responsibility. It is your responsibility, but it's also the group responsibility. There, are, there isn't an answer. There are many answers. I was going to share something about myself. Oh, yeah. The feeling of uh, being out here on the land and realizing a few days ago that I, uh, maybe a week ago, I realized that when I opened my calendar, um, I have, I carry a paper calendar, which is very entertaining to modern people. It's a big piece of paper that I open up. And on it, there were several things on the one day. And I thought, how did I let this happen? Because I have this, um, well-trained Western sense that, oh, of course I can do all these things. I should be able to. There would be something wrong with me if I couldn't do all, like be a good host to Hondo since he's coming to town and be a good host to the yoga people since it's my turn to be the resident on site and give a Dharma talk to my beloved Sangha and give another one tonight to the New York Sangha by Zoom. So of course, all that. And yesterday, I had one of those emoji-like moments. No, it was day before yesterday. I had an emoji-like moment where the head explodes. And then I dropped that and came back. Yes, several of you on Zoom are nodding your heads. You know what this is like. <laughs> yeah. 
it would be magnified if there were, well, I was going to say it would be magnified if I had people relying on me. But in fact, I do have people relying on me. So please accept my apologies for not being there in person. But it's wonderful to see your faces. A long time ago, when I was uh, living in San Francisco and practicing at San Francisco Zen Center, I, um, I decided I wanted to study with this great translator who had been at San Francisco Zen Center for a while named Tom Cleary. And he's very important. He translated the Blue Cliff Record and the um, Book of Serenity, Avatamsaka Sutra, and many, many important texts, mostly from Chinese and some from Japanese. Great teacher. So I asked him if I could study with him. And he said, yes. I had to pass many arduous tests to get this permission, but we would uh, go for long walks in the Bay Area and talk, meaning from my side, listen and talk. And then between the long walks, I would be given homework. And one of the first pieces of homework was to read all of the works of this Sufi master named Idris Shah. So this was before Amazon, which meant it was kind of hard to find two dozen books and then read them. And then we would go on our next walk. But one of the texts, and I still have several of these texts, but one of them is called Learning How to Learn. And it's a collection of Sufi stories about Sufi masters, because Sufism, especially as Idriya Shah presented it, is a little like Zen. It can be beyond its host religion. It's not necessarily connected to, um, can be separated from Muslim teachings. It's really a form of Muslim practice, but it can be practiced independently. And like Zen, it's all about awakening the true mind. So learning how to learn was a series of stories that were designed to uh, put your assumptions in your face and make you go backwards into your understanding. So it was very formative on, on my understanding. One of the other, just by the way, one of the other assignments between walks was to chant the Avatamsaka Sutra out loud. So some of you have started chanting the Avatamsaka Sutra. And I, the reason I often recommend that to sincere seekers of the way is because I've, I found how transformative, transformative it is to chant sutras and go beyond trying to intellectually understand them. I... Uh, I put a note on the door telling the yogi people that they couldn't knock on my door for about half an hour. So after this, they're going to start knocking on the door for me to help them put away their retreat. So I'm kind of mindful of that right now. My time is not my own. Oh, is anybody's time their own? No. <laughs> 
So I really, if it's okay with you, I'd like to move into discussion now and uh, continue in that way. Is that all right with you? Thank you so yeah. much. 